Okay, friends, welcome to another Robcast, and I'm here with Davin Youngs. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks from the great me. state of Chicago. Yes. Which is actually a city, <laughs> the state of Illinois. Um, okay, so I saw, because this Robcast, like when I interview somebody, yeah. it's just basically what I'm curious about. Sure. And I decided to record it, because I would ask you all these questions anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw this video clip of you, and... It is the most lame corporate <laughs> retreat setting ever. Yep. I mean, it's it is like cold. Yeah. You can feel the breeze. It's like a hotel, like a banquet room. Ballroom, They're at yeah. those like, yeah, like a ballroom. There's like eight person round tables. I think people are maybe even finishing lunch. Yep. It looks like. It just looks like a festival of boredom. <laughs> and they have lanyards. And maybe lan right. Maybe they they look like a count. I, I shouldn't say that because that sounds very judgmental. It just looks like everybody's like, just get me through this day. Then in the video I see, you come in the ballroom in among the tables and you have a microphone and you start singing with no intro. No, we ambush them with singing. Okay, so you, you call it an ambush. Okay, <laughs> And, and the, the, the clip that I saw... The camera is literally picking up as you're walking through the this group singing. There are literally people looking at each other like, "Who the who is this guy?" Like, what is <laughs> like? People are rolling their eyes at you. Yeah. People are like, and then you start singing something kind of funny, and you're improv. Then you stop and you talk about singing, and the room is just like, "Get this guy out of my face!" And you're like kind and funny and open and gracious and the clip i saw was like two minutes which was sort of like a chronicle yeah i don't know how many hours it was by the end of the clip everybody is on their feet and they're walking in among the table singing yeah and i was like i have i have <laughs> to talk to this man so who are you and what do you do <laughs> um yeah, it's remarkable, right? Uh, my name is Davin, and I'm from Chicago, and I'm a singer first and foremost. I love to sing, um, and I have been a singer my entire life, and I grew up in the faith tradition of singing in church. My father's a minister, and I grew up leading people in a, oh, church, really? in a church setting. So you, so this is, goes way, this is like the soul singers where you find out <laughs> they sung in the choir. Like you, yeah. music is always, what kind of music... Um, do you like now? What kind of music do you like now? Do you, do you sing now? Um, so now I'm much more interested in like contemporary pop, rock, R&B. But I actually went to school to study uh, classical vocal styles like opera and sacred music. And you so, can sing all that stuff. Yeah, and I still maintain. You know, I, c I can do those sounds. It's not my focus. It's not my primary interest. What were those sounds? What's that mean? Um, you know, functionally, when people sing, they do different things in their throat. And uh, so when one is making a sound that feels more appropriate to say rock or pop or R&B, it just is a different function of the larynx. It's a different function of the vocal cords themselves. A different function of the larynx. Okay, so what's mechanism. opera doing? What's the larynx doing in <laughs> opera? I'll just pretend like I know what that is. Well, so it actually, in a, so my company's called Voxus, and this is a part of the experience. How do you spell that? V-O-X-U-S. And okay. Vox is Latin for voice, and us is a reference to the collective, the mm -hmm. we, the mm -hmm. sharing our voices together. Um, and as a part of the experience, I share about um, 
what mechanically is actually happening in your throat because it's it's magical. There's are, are two tiny pieces of tissue that are sit inside of your larynx and they're the size of your thumbnail and they're covered in kind of a gooey gelatinous material. And what happens is that when you breathe in and you expel breath, you have the ability to bring those two tiny pieces of tissue together. And when they come together, they create vibration and that vibration bounces off the hard and soft surfaces in your head and it sends sound out into the world and that sound um and this this is the most remarkable part of it the sound can transform the vibrational pull of the universe because we know that the universe is constantly vibrating so that <gasps> wait, wait wait say the last part again we know that the universe is vibrating and we know that the sound that we are able to make is unique um, and so when we think about our voices in those terms that is why our voice matters and it's very you know it's mechanical um, it's scientific but it's also mystic and I experience that routinely as a human um, mm -hmm. but I experience that more with other humans do you what one is your what's your first memory of music singing transporting you a church absolutely mm -hmm. I mean that was the first you know so participating in music at church was so um, essential as a part of our family mm -hmm. but then on a greater level when I started to lead in church, that's when I felt music's power in terms of the collective. Um, but as a person, you know, I, I, I came out of the womb singing. Um, my mom tells stories of um, attending my brother's musical rehearsals when he was in high school and I was um, still in the womb and she wasn't able to, to sit still uh, because I was quote unquote dancing in no the way. womb. Yeah. So your mom has memories of being pregnant with you yeah. and you responding in utero to music. Yeah. And the first time I sang, I was two and a half years old. The first time I sang in front of people, I sang You Are My Sunshine at my parents' uh, wedding anniversary. And so, I, I mean, it's been, literally been from the origin of me has been <laughs> singing and, and that song. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, were you singing something to yourself today? Yes. What were you singing today? So I'm here actually traveling with my associate and we both sing constantly. Um, and there's an exercise that we know from a teacher of improvisation called Rain. And there's a little game that we play back and forth where we share the pitches. Um, and so we were just doing that in the car and trying to speed, <laughs> speed up as fast as we could go doing that. But that and Wait, then speed I'm, up, speed up what as fast as you could go. So it goes. Um, do, 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 do. And so the idea behind it, and this is credit to a woman named Rhiannon, uh, the idea behind it is that we would then share the pitch. So it happens in a group. So I would go, do, 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 do. Back, back and, forth. and forth. Yeah. And it's a. Notice you know, I did not even try. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping If it was early it. talking heads, and you may say to yourself, <laughs> I could do that. But otherwise, I'm out. So we were playing with that. And then we were also just listening to this artist who I'm a huge fan of, named Moses Sumney, who I saw open for a guy named James Blake. And um, I, uh, James Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, right? Moses Sumney. Yes. If you Thank haven't you. listened, you should. Um, the reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm really excited about him as an artist is he uses a looping device and he constructs these amazing orchestral pieces with just his voice. In the moment. Yeah. Oh, that, the looping thing blows me away. Yeah. What people Especially are doing when now. it's done incredibly well, you know, yeah. with precision and it's uh, structured in a way that the audience can still enjoy it as a song. It's a really ex amazing experience when someone does it. Oh, so you've been singing, has been in your bones. Yeah. Okay, so let's, so let's go to 
you're, so your company, you get hired by a company? Yes. Like a corporation that says we're doing our annual accountants retreat? Yes. Well, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, yep, the, the, <laughs> that's kind of it. You know, it's so the very first job we ever did, which was the job that you saw in the video, it was a friend of mine who manages um, these meetings that she plans through a, a commercial real estate company. And they had a summit for their financial leaders in the company. And they um, were looking for something outside the box to basically disrupt the monotony of the meeting, but also the theme of their meeting was leading the change. And so we were, the theme of our time together was exploring the discomfort of change and really digging into that feeling and understanding the ways in which through our voice and through improvisation, we can learn to respond. So your, yeah, your job is essentially, we're going to hire you to come make everybody uncomfortable. Yes. Create all sorts of discomfort. Yeah. Okay. So you go in and you start, uh, the one, the clip I saw, you start singing. Yep. And then you start singing nonsense, and everybody sort of realizes they're in on the gag at that yes. point. Yeah, we try to let them in um, in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that way with my work. Yeah. Um, some part of my job is to create tension and then resolve it. Yep. And sometimes just to let the tension sit there. And how long can people have no idea where you're headed? It's a struggle. I mean, it's a and struggle to know, especially on the front end, because you know people are. <sighs> Performance has this way, and, and I, what we do at the very beginning is performative, and it has this way of um, uh, sparking something in people, but it also, when it invades your space, when there's not that like stage present, it can make people incredibly uncomfortable. And, right, because you know, when there's a stage and there's the, the, the fourth wall, then yep. it's like, that person's up there, I'm here, I sit passively while they perform. But yep. the moment you're walking in among the tables. Now, you talk to them about the science, yep. heartbeats and such. What do, you, what do you say about science? So um, there's tons of specific evidence about the uh, benefits of singing in terms of like hormones in the brain. So we talk about uh, a hormone called oxytocin, which is called the cuddle hormone. It helps yeah. us feel close to people. It's associated with maternal instincts. So when people sing, there's science around increased levels of oxytocin, increased levels of endorphins, decreased levels of cortisol, um, which is huge. Related to adrenaline and stress. World. Yeah. And, you know, and um, so it's kind of like the evidence around that is all very clear. And the, the study that I use that I love for the cortisol is um, they followed cancer patients who were undergoing chemotherapy and radiation. And they asked, the researchers asked them to participate in singing during that time. And those patients uniformly um, experienced decreased levels of cortisol in the brain. And you think about that, what more stressful time would there be in your life than when mm -hmm. you were experiencing, you know, treatment for cancer, the being confronted with the possibility of death. And so, you know, when I share that specific study with people, I think it's like, I don't, it, it like reminds them like this ain't so serious right here at this meeting. You know, <laughs> there are other oh, bigger events in, in right. my life that might be causing stress. Whatever I'm stressed out about right now, it's not such a big deal. That doesn't mean they automatically open up, but it's the science <laughs> says it's there. And then there's more science around people singing together. So the science around people singing together includes a really cool study where they measured heartbeats of individuals who are performing a choir and they found that their hearts tended to synchronize. And the reason for that, um, is is quite simple in that when we sing together, we often breathe together. Mm -hmm. And that has a way of transforming what's happening inside of our body when we collectively breathe or when we manage breath. And so the exciting part about that for me is that that suddenly erases, um, you could imagine what, what, 
mystic things occur when people's hearts are beating similarly. Absolutely. In Buddhism, they call it the resonating interval. Yeah. Which, if we could start, because if we're singing the same thing, then we're inhaling and exhaling very similarly. So our physiologically, our bodies are doing similar things. So to me, the power was always, if we could, if our bodies could start to be doing the same things, imagine what else we might be able to do together. Yeah. And it suddenly doesn't matter who you voted for. You know what I mean? And and it's so hard to get outside of that space, but I am, there's something about singing specifically that is so about being here and now, um, and something so about being uniquely yourself here and now, um, and the vulnerability that comes with that. And when you are able to put yourself into that space with others, everything else seems to fade away. That doesn't mean that it's easy. It's very difficult for most people. And it's not, um, it's not meant to be easy. You know, with- How do you help people with that? So the beauty of the Voxus experience specifically is that we're offering, um, I, I don't really like this terminology, but games and exercises, right? So there are structures that they get to operate within. And when we talk about improvisation, and anyone who's studied improvisation knows that it's a series of games and structures that you learn how to respond to, and you start to see the world like that. You know, you and I in this conversation right now, we're taking cues from each other, we're yep. listening, and we're responding. And... Um, a lot of times we struggle with that in life. Musicians have to be great at that if they want to do anything with anyone else. And you have to be able to be you and also be aware of who else is with you. Right. Um, and so a lot of the games uh, that we use allow people to explore some of those structures and ideas. And specifically what we're landing on a lot of times in this is something that's called circle singing that was championed or is championed by a musician named Bobby McFerrin. Oh, um, uh, don't worry, be ha- don't yeah. worry, be happy. Yeah. That Bobby McFerrin. So Bobby... Um, kind of took this ancient tradition of improvised singing and championed this model that sets up um, a leader inside of a group that improvises a repeated pattern. um, And that pattern is then given over to a section of the group for them to repeat. And then that leader... Anybody can repeat that. Yeah. You you don't have to be like a great singer. Right. It's meant to be simple to a certain extent, right? So like what would be an example of... So dum, 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 dum. Dum dum, come on. Dum dum dum, dum dum dum, dum dum dum. You're totally freaked out right now, aren't you? No, I love it. I love it. I'm like, oh my word, where is the pitch here? Fantastic. I but love see, it. See, that's you know that that's something that you might hum to yourself along with the radio or something. Yeah. Okay. So, so keep singing. I have that. that bass right there, and I just want to plug it into that amp yeah, right there. Right? And that's the bass part. And then find that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that you keep doing that, and I'm gonna add in something over the top of that. Okay. Dum dum. Okay, so we have two parts. Have going. you ever done this and been like, oh my word, that section sounds great? All the time. Always. They always sound great. Oh, really? Yeah. So crap singers, people who don't consider themselves musical, people who are listening to this podcast going, well, that's nice, but I don't know how to sing. Yep. Can sound great. Yeah. And if for some reason someone is not willing, to share their voice in that way. Body percussion, vocal percussion yeah, just hit things. are great options. You know, we could just go. And people can do that. Absolutely. I mean, there's not much risk in that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, David Byrne, How Music Works. Yep. He talks about how prior to recorded music, the only music that you heard would be played live. Yep. So 
in human history, we're in this hundred years out of hundreds of thousands of years of human history. We're in this one, the past hundred years where there was something called recorded music. Prior to that, the only music you ever heard yep. was live and it was communal yep. and everybody made it. Yep. So um, now you can have music that is detached from time and space, sung by professionals, which is a brand new idea. Yep. And that in, in human history, when someone said like, well, I can't sing, everybody understood that everybody sang. Because yep. if everybody didn't sing, there wasn't any music. <laughs> yeah. And that in a lot and of... That's just, that, that like for a hundred years, people have been saying like, well, you know, I just don't sing is actually a brand new idea in human yeah. history. And I think it's deeper than that too. You know, a lot of times, um, so my, my, uh, my background is in teaching singing. So I've spent thousands of hours with individuals, one-on-one -on -one teaching singing. I'm very, and, and through that work, I've worked with a number of individuals who, I, I had one guy once who literally said when he came in, I've never sang happy birthday and like with a group. I've never, I always stay quiet. And um, a lot of times those stories originate with some experience in childhood where someone told them to be quiet. And you know, that, that oh, like man. anyone listening right now, I promise you there's a large chunk of people that have a story like that. They um, sang so and they times. felt like someone didn't want to hear their voice. And so that can be really, um, that can be really impactful in your life. <laughs> well, it's interesting to me how many people, um, I joked that my, uh, last year I did this tour that like lasted all year, and I kept laughing about how many people would say that they came for these day-long things I was doing, and then they quit their job. Yeah. Um, and what's fascinating to me is how many people hate their work. Yeah. And just one or two probing questions, and it's shocking to me how many people, if you said, well, what if you could get up in the morning, if all your bills were paid, and do it, and you could just, what would get you out of bed in the morning? How many people do have an impulse? And somebody somewhere said, A, that's not respectable. You can't make enough money at that. You can't have a career in that. That's not our family raised you to do something more important than that. But that they actually deep within them do have something. Totally. And there are moments with most of those people, there are moments by themselves where they explore that, you know. Uh, yeah, right. And, and even if they won't admit to it. But, you know, there are moments when we hear our own voice and we're excited by it, regardless of whether yeah. you think you're a good singer or not. And I think that that goes back to that science. You know, it's it's it is scientific that you vibrate and that you feel the power of that vibration. It changes your body when you do it. It is impossible to do it and not feel good about it from a scientific standpoint. Now, there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes with that. And there's a lot of psychological baggage and there might be a lot of spiritual baggage to it too. But the science yeah. of it proves that it's true. And that for me, you know, regardless of where you stand on the spectrum of all those other things, allows me into those spaces where people uh, traditionally wouldn't want me. <laughs> in a, right, right, in a right. <laughs> oh, that's so. And that's why so I believe in. That's why I believe in the work. I mean, you know, I could say um, I've spent thousands of hours with individuals. I spent my whole life singing. I know the power of singing. And uh, people still say to me, "That sounds like a really great idea." And then, <laughs> and they'll be like, I thought, you know that, but, but, but I know, I know based on experience and based on the evidence that it works. And if you're willing to put yourself in that space, you will experience those benefits. But like you said, there are certain times in people's life that they're able and willing to show up in that way. And you can't force someone into that space, but we can provide them the tools and the structures to enter it as easily as possible. Oh, fascinating. Tell me live shows that you've seen that um, stood that the singing, either from the performer or from the audience, was something 
you, um, that struck you? Um, what, so, what voices out there right now do you love that really, well, really I gotta move tell you, you? So I saw James Blake and Moses Sumney opened yeah. up for him, and it was just him on the stage with this looper. And I haven't experienced an audience being that quiet in a long time. Oh, wow. And, you know, you go into a space, especially at a rock concert, people, um, it's acceptable to talk most of the time and to mm -hmm. drink and to not pay and pull out your phone. And that was an experience I had recently where people were quiet. Um, but I also, I mean, I've seen many artists. I have a very vivid memory of going, when I was in college, going to New York for one of the first times and going to the Metropolitan Opera and um, seeing an opera called Der Rosenkavalier. And I saw Renee Fleming sing that role. And this was now, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, it was at the height of her operatic career and just being moved to tears the whole time. And it was um, like, you, like, those moments are so beyond expression. Like I couldn't tell you even why. Other, right. Like everyone would go, of course she's a great singer, but it was beyond that, right? It my my skin tingles talking about Some place beyond the mind. Yeah. yeah. But you know, some of my most amazing um, experiences with singers are actually in my voice lesson setting one-on-one -on -one where someone surprises me with a sound that I didn't know that they would make. And that is, you know, that... They, I always say that they're their most human self in those moments. Like they've become their most realized self that they could be. Tell in me that about moment. somebody like how old they are. They were gender. Somebody who recently just so so I still so I still teach. Um, and I had a gentleman who scheduled a voice lesson for his son. Who had his son is 15 years old. His name is Carlos. He had gone to audition for The Voice, and the producer at The Voice said, we love you, but you're really young and really inexperienced, so we'd love for you to go get some voice lessons and come back to us in three months. So I knew that if they said this to him, he was probably going to have a nice voice. Um, but to see a 15-year-old boy at the height of self-consciousness uh, stand in front of me, and then when I gave him the opportunity to sing, just open up in the way that he did. Um, but his body was still physically closed. Oh, uh, right. But his throat was so open that it was it was a really amazing experience. And then for me to be able to offer him these small tidbits of advice that weren't even that miraculous, but they he was ready for the sound to change. So it did very quickly, and to see the surprise on his his face it was um incredibly moving and i'm specifically and like, that's like just a raw yeah he just, just a, had that just a one in a million raw talent yeah and he was he was born with it right you know like he like he's worked on it by himself but he hasn't studied with anyone and he likes it he likes to say loves it his dad said he was it's very interesting excited. to me how you're saying like that his throat it's like his throat was ahead of his body. Yeah. That you then had, I assume, what, like pull up back the shoulders, yeah. stand up straighter, just open up your middle section, get the chakras flowing, like you sort of coordinate your breath, right? Like, you know, oh. when, so typically in conversation, you and I are taking shallow, quick breaths because we don't yeah. have to breathe for a specific amount of time. In music, like we said earlier, there's a pattern. You need to get through this couple measures or these yeah. bars or whatever. And that's not an issue of quantity for most people. That's where a lot of people misunderstand singing. It's an issue of quality, the type of breath. It's the way in which the breath enters the body. And if you're able to set yourself up to receive breath in a way that feels calm and full, the sound will follow that. Um, it, it helps 
it helps uh, lubricate <laughs> the machinery. Um, it really helps yeah. you feel more in control of the sound that you're going to make. So just by taking a 15-year-old kid and asking him to breathe differently, because his throat was already real happy, I mean, it was already doing good things, <laughs> happy. right? I didn't have to mess much with that. Um, there are, you know, many other pe people who have very unhappy throats. Uh, but because of that, he was able to make a really incredible sound. And a friend of mine's a neuropsychologist, and he was helping me with breathing for when I was speaking in front of a crowd. Yep. And, and we were just doing some work so I could better understand what was happening to me physiologically, because some of the settings, there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of sort of energy in the room. And I had been doing all this research that most people breathe 16 to 20 times uh, a minute, and optimal breath is somewhere between six and eight. Yeah. And this doctor had helped me with, he built like this little like cursor on a computer screen that would go up and then down, and you could adjust it hmm. to so that you would fall, so you'd breathe in while the little ball was going up on the screen, and then when the ball goes down, you'd breathe out. Yeah. And, um, then you could adjust it on the screen so that it would be, okay, I want to breathe 10 breaths a minute. Okay, I want, I want to get to where yeah. eight feels normal. And I was so moved by this and how it was help, giving me all this energy, just breath alone. Yeah. And so I wanted to put the ball up on a screen when I was doing a talk, <laughs> and I wanted to invite the crowd yeah. to breathe with me at a slower rate just to show them how uh, modern people breathe too fast, and there's all this energy that you're not getting. And he and I remember having this discussion slash debate because he was like i was like well just set it at six breaths per minute which is optimal and he's like no <laughs> and it was so funny because That's he was saying <laughs> you can't you can't set the thing at six breaths a minute and invite three and a half thousand people to breathe at six breaths a minute because I don't, he's like, I don't want to be held responsible for medical <laughs> issues. I was worried someone's going to pass. Such out. a funny discussion <laughs> we're having where I was like, nobody is going to have a heart. You're not going to have a health crisis with somebody breathing optimally. Yeah, and he's right. like, yes, because of the shock. Yep. Because of how revved up so many people are. It happens a lot of people when they <laughs> sing for the first time that, you know, I feel lightheaded. But I think that... Do you really? Do you have people in, at your oh, events? Routinely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... that <laughs> they get lightheaded. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you're not used to doing that. You know, especially like the, the idea of the shocking the system into doing something different. We we don't talk specifically with Voxus. We don't talk that much about breath. But um, in, in voice lessons, I do. But, you know, the... I, I always maintain this idea of quality over quantity because a lot of people, when you're in a stressed out situation, and this is where singing obviously like could set someone else up to be in a calmer, better space too, right? Because you're controlling the breath. But typically, if you tell someone who's stressed out or anxiety filled to breathe deeply, they go, <sighs> you know, and it's not coming from a place of relaxation. So that yeah. breath is very different than. Right. It comes lower. It comes down in here, not up high. Yeah. In here. And it has to do with the descent of the diaphragm and it has to do with the abdomen allowing for that movement. But that is something that is learned, uh, needs to be learned for many people. And it's a skill. It's a skill to nurture and develop for sure. Um, how does that breathing affect the rest of your life? Do you find yourself, your, your breath, cognizant of your breath in other areas of life besides singing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like I know 
this is and this is part of what I'm really interested in sharing with the business community specifically, but quite honestly, anyone who wants anyone, to sing right. together. <laughs> I, that's our that's our road in. But this I really see this work having value for school children, for politicians, for um, you know people in the business community and the creative community. Um, but my point in all of this is that I know how to respond to my discomfort. That doesn't make me comfortable, but I know that when I'm uncomfortable, for instance, taking that breath has an impact on my body. And I know and I trust that my body's going to show up for me to make it better. And a lot of people are disconnected from their body. And making sound is a great way to get reconnected to your body. Oh, man, I was talking to a woman who had been going to a yoga class in a small town. It was the first time yoga had been offered. Mm -hmm. And she noticed that a lot of these women in this more rural area were weeping through these first yoga classes. And she was talking to the teacher, and the teacher said, yeah, it's the first time they've ever been connected to their physicality and told your body's good, not yep. it's it's a problem. Yep. And and I mean yoga means integration, but it was literally just simply the act of breathing yeah. for many of them was a new idea. That happens with singers all the time. That the the act of release, the physical act of release that can occur when you're making sound can trigger many emotions oh, and many that yeah. you don't know are there. Um, then add into that the experience of music, which ha we all know oh. has magical powers. You know, it can be a, an incredibly emotional experience. Now, that emotion might be laughing. It might be funny, right? It might be joy from that way. It might be joy that comes out of discomfort, but it has a there's a trigger and a release. And I, I personally have <laughs> experienced that where I've sung and it has caused me to cry. And I couldn't always tell you exactly why but it triggered something. And uh, going back to the video that I saw, by the end, the room, even on even in the, the clip I saw, the room has completely changed. Yep. Yesterday, um, my associate Allison and I were in San Francisco working with a group of uh, people who sell logistics. <laughs> Okay. I love it. Um, I love it. Sell logistics. Yes. And they, are, they were <laughs> an international crowd from all over the world. And they've gathered to learn about new tools in their company to make them better salespeople. And um, the uh, experience yesterday was actually quite incredible how open, how quickly, how quickly they were open. And quite honestly, you know what can happen in a group? And you probably had this experience too. If one person like breaks the seal. Oh, you just need that first person. Yeah. And there was this woman who I somehow like sensed that she was our lady and it turns out she's a dance instructor. Um, but she just, she was just willing to put herself in a goofy position very quick in a, in a very quick way with the entire group. And it set the tone and they were, they were game and they were dancing and they were high-fiving each other. And these were people, and this is actually the end of their time together, which I was thinking, Oh no, you all sat in this room together this whole time and you didn't really know each other until now. And now you're going to leave. The good news is they had some, uh, you know, drinking event afterwards, which apparently a kumbaya uh, uh, broke out in the bar is what I was told. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like that, 
and I'll say this one other thing too about the science. So there's science around the fact that singing is a, has an icebreaker effect. So actually, like you and I, in those little sounds that we just made with yeah. each other, there's there's an intimacy in that, and we can't help but know each other better more quickly and do that. In fact, if I would have walked into the space with you and sang with you right away, that would have been so weird. But there would have been something oh, that broke the ice. Because when you're like, just do the dit dit dit, I either. I either step forward, yep. I either move close, I yep. move towards you. There, there's even like a psychological moving towards you. Yep. All right, apparently I'm going to do this, dude. And I have no <laughs> idea how this is going to sound. Somebody's going to be driving in Ohio in their minivan. Being yes. like, I mean, like you literally have all this stuff. Like, And they're going to be like, that is the worst noise coming out of Rob's mouth. Like you have to leave all that behind yes. and just make your dude, yep. dude, dude. Even though I want to grab that bass yeah. and hear how it sounds big. Um you, there's a bunch of stuff you have to leave behind yep. so that you're just present. And it's different than most other things in that way. Because uh, the study I'm specifically referring to followed people who played sports. It followed people who made art together. I mean, these are all things we know have social bonding, yeah. connections are fostered. But the quickness of singing together and the feeling of connectedness yes. is remarkable. You know, the thing, this, is a, this is funny you say that. This is one of the phenomena that I think is hilarious is there is... There is all this stuff that human beings have done yep. for literally tens of th thousands and thousands of yep. years because, and now in a TED talk, yep. somebody will say, a recent study out of Harvard indicates that slowing down your speed of life <laughs> will make you more peaceful or something. And the TED audience will be like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we now have this whole new... It's almost like an industry of yeah. researchers and data experts who are like, we now have the, the we now have the big data on this, yeah. and what we've discovered is, <laughs> and then they say something that the wisdom tradition it's so ancient, yeah, right? It's so ancient, <laughs> you know, and people can goes, imagine. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, now it's really real. <laughs> It's like, but I, you, you know, we, the thing is we still do this, like, right. So I'm from Chicago. Um, the Cubs won the world series and there's this terrible song that Chicagoans were singing nonstop. It's go Cubs, go, go Cubs, go. Everyone's singing this, right? And, and every and event, when the game's over, no, no, if you win all the time, oh, all the time, all the time. It's Cause the there Cubs is a game. Song. I went to a Cubs game and when the game's over, if they win, there's a song. Yes. That's it. That is the song. Oh, that song. Okay. But, yeah. It. So like, but people were at every event singing this you know and and it's everyone what do you think about that song by the way musically oh i have kind of already led my it's <laughs> it's so weird to, but I, I i will say that i enjoy singing it right like i yeah. just said i just let it out for you so there's something to it right it's catchy i love tons of terrible music i mean there's uh, there are terrible terrible contemporary pop songs that i just rock out to and love so i have no shame in my game with any i'm not a snob when it comes to that stuff but you know happy birthday right people gather and we sing happy birthday and that for me is always a sign that we are collectively celebrating that person it's a symbol it's a yes. gesture right, right. that people are willing to participate in regardless most of the time, regardless of whether they think they're a good singer or not. It's a, or if you're at a bar and your favorite song comes on and the right. bar can erupt in song. Right. So we do it. We just are afraid to admit it. <laughs> yeah. And formalize it and integrate it into our daily lives. Um, so that's, that's in some ways where I feel like 
I'm, I, I consider myself like an advocate for the voice. Um, and I don't mean the TV show, but I mean like your voice. The voice. Yes. And, I feel and, that. And I, I, listening to you, I have that sense like, oh, this is what you're here to, you're here to remind us of our voices. And the, the reason I am is because I'm advocating for my own because I'm a singer and I'm a human being and the sound that I make is mine. And I know, um, I believe in its divine power. And so I believe that that exists in each and every person that I come in contact with. And I want to help them experience that and explore that. That I just want to like stop right there. That was perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. You're I really appreciate so it. You're so inspiring. Thanks. I appreciate it. It's you. really, really inspiring. If people want to get a hold of you, where do they get a hold of you? Um, so they can check out Voxus, V-O-X-U-S, experience.com. And everything that they can they can get a hold of you there. They can find out about yep. what you do. And yeah, and if you're interested in private singing lessons, um, and we do Skype lessons too. I have a couple people that work along with me, and that's Davin Young's voice. It's D-A-V-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G-S voice.com. Um, and yes, this work, although it, I am marketing this toward corporations, I mean this when I say if, I, get, if I can get the United Nations to sing, you know, I, that, then I'll be pleased. Oh, I love yeah. That's like a good, that's a solid big goal right there. Yes. And it, it's possible too. It's possible. Because if you have the right people experience this, they will make it happen. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm so glad I got to yeah. introduce you. I'm so glad I got to meet you and got my questions answered about that clip that I saw. <laughs> and then I'm so glad that all my, my Robcast peeps get to meet you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Great. Grace and peace, everyone.